Please be advised that this episode may contain strong language and spoilers. Hello, and welcome to What the Forks, a podcast in which we revisit a teenage obsession, Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga. We're finding out if our love for this series will shine eternal or crumble to ash under close inspection. I'm Chloe. I'm Isaac. And in this episode, we're talking about the second half of New Moon, the second novel in the saga. We're at my house today. We are. I like it. We're in my territory. Mm, very much so. Home turf. Does it feel like it? Yeah. Can you? Do you feel my my overwhelming presence? <laughs> Always. <laughs> oh, have you had a good? Yeah. Week so, or so this weekend, my boyfriend was over. It was my turn to organise our Saturday because he always books things for us to do. I planned for us to see three exhibitions and they were all shit. You've not had a good weekend? No, it's been good. It's just been... It's all about how you deal with the shitty exhibitions (laughs) and that's what makes a good relationship. (laughs) But we could... uh, we could laugh about it. It was so funny. So many things went wrong. So our third exhibition was the one I was really looking forward to, and it was the shittest one. It was about this woman who had found her grandmother's dream diaries when she was um, in Czechoslovakia and fleeing from the Nazis. So this woman had made an exhibition about it. I was like, this is going to be amazing. Mm. Oh, no. This woman had made three short films about her grandmother's dreams, but she hadn't revealed what the dreams were about or that excerpt from her diaries... So you had no idea what these films were about. They were very odd. What a waste of space. I was very disappointed. <laughs> so then we went home to cook carbonara and I overcooked the pasta and the sauce was very watery. Oh dear. Yeah. It's time to talk about the physical book. My favourite segment. (laughs) I've got my copy in my hand. Again, it is the copy that I bought. It's my original copy. And again, mine is not. (laughs) Does that make you feel? A little sad. Aww. But I feel like this is probably quite close to the copy I would have had. But I got this in my local charity shop. I've kept the sticker on the back to remind myself, 75p. This cost me. What a find. Just down the road, in lovely condition. Because it probably wasn't read. <laughs> I know, I wonder how many unread copies of these books are floating around the UK. In every charity shop, there is at least one copy of one of the Twilight books. But is that just from your experience, or are you telling me as a fact, in every charity what shop in the like UK? What would you like to believe? <laughs> I would like to believe that it's a fact. Well, there you go, it's fact. Lovely. Yeah. I feel good. <laughs> Put it out onto the internet, it must be true. (laughs) At least people aren't just recycling or composting these books. Oh, it would make good compost, though. Why why would this make particularly good compost? Because there's a lot of them. I see, you just mean in quantity. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean like the quality of the compost would be better. (laughs) These books are particularly good for root vegetables. (laughs) And you've got an advert there in the front, you didn't last time. Uh, Yes. So this is an advert for the first one. Mm -hmm. Do you really think people who haven't read the first one will be reading New Moon? I don't know, actually. I'd love to know if anyone had. Yeah. Oh, I just skipped the first one. (laughs) I always do. (laughs) I don't think the first one's necessary if it's got a second one. Harry Potter, (laughs) The Hunger Games. I open up a Bible, I'm like, Genesis? Nah. (laughs) I'll I'll catch up. (laughs) Don't worry. So, the book. As you know... It makes me very angry. Which part? Oh, you know. Okay, but they don't. (laughs) I'm getting 
saying that. I'm going to have to say it out loud for the podcast. I'm too mad. I can't say it. I can't say it. So we know chapter three is the breakup. We we mentioned it in our first episode of New Moon. And then after chapter three, a page with the word October. Nice to know where we are. After October, November. Look at that. Nothing. December. What a waste of paper. Think of the trees. I've just written on each one of these pages, I've written October. This is very significant. (laughs) But I've still not worked out why. Yeah. No, if you could tell us, that would be great, Stephanie. (laughs) Who decided this? I don't know. Is it not kind of cool? No. So I remember reading this. I remember being furious. Were you? Yeah, I was like, what... What is going on? I don't remember that clearly, but I'm pretty sure I must have bought into it. I think I was like, whoa, whoa, (gasps) whoa. Something is going down here. (laughs) Like, this is serious. She skipped. But also there was part of me that was like, oh, amazing. We've got eight eight. pages where I've only had to read four words. Like That's how I like it. (laughs) You go straight from page 74 to 83. Only four words. Like, that's done wonders for your self-esteem. Well... (laughs) (laughs) For mine, anyway. <laughs> Not for Bella's. No, she's just slowly deteriorating, page after page. <laughs> what do you feel about that space? Then, when you get to chapter four, what? How odd the layout in chapter four? It, it's the same as October, November, December, and January, and then it's got a sentence underneath it. Well, it's two. No, oh no, it's several. It's at least, at least five sentences here. It's like a little paragraph. Yeah, it's quite poetic. Like the language is is different. Time passes. Even when it seems impossible. Even when each tick of the second hand aches like the pulse of blood behind a bruise. It passes unevenly, in strange lurches and dragging lulls. But pass it does. Even for me. Why this choice? Why this choice? (laughs) Why? And then on the next one, you've got the space that would normally be left for a chapter heading, but there is no chapter heading, so like... Is it a new chapter? Still chapter four. Or is it... Yeah, is it a continuation? Because it's not a continuation of the same thought. Can I do a little rant? Is it when her thoughts become italic? No. When her thoughts become italic doesn't bother me. What? Even though she's speaking to Edward in her mind? In her mind, but she's not speaking out loud. Yeah, but it's her thoughts are italic. Would it not be his? Because it's still her. Are his thoughts, what, just in plain text? Yeah, and it's her thoughts. Where? This is when she... um, Sorry, we haven't gone through the plot, but this is when she is in the water drowning. And Edward is speaking... Yeah, speaking to her, it's like, please don't give up. Oh, but is he doing that in quotes? In speech marks? Uh, well, that doesn't matter. Why are her responses in italic? (laughs) She says, in italics, goodbye, I love you, was my last thought. What would you rather they be? Normal. Regular text? Yeah. It's your thought. You are the protagonist. It's your point of view. Everything else is your thought. (laughs) Why is not everything else in italics? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Oh, I suppose... But I sp- because it's not narrative, I would have maybe put it in quotes. Well, okay, but it's uh, he's fight. He yelled, "Damn it, Bella! Keep fighting!" Italics. Why? I don't know if she's saying that back to him in her head. I think she is. Or if that's is. her, like going, "But why?" But then I'm sorry. But then I was so much luckier. Who wanted to see a rerun anyway? I saw in italics him. What is supposed to be an italic speech questions random words? <laughs> it makes no sense. You have so many more feelings about this than I thought you would. I know, it really surprised me. It was just this chapter where I was like, oh, text 
matters. It does. <laughs> it really does. It matters. Uh, On that note, if I can draw your attention to page 73, cast your mind back to the end of Twilight. Uh-huh. We discussed the use of a different font for Bella's handwritten notes. Yes. And that I did not appreciate that. You didn't like it found it juvenile. Yeah, you did. So on this page, Edward has handwritten a note imitating Bella's handwriting to fool Charlie. And it's here, presented to us in just italics. Mm -hmm. No fake handwriting font. And I'm thrilled. This is what it should have been. I hope this continues. I don't know if it will. It doesn't. It what? Not in this book anyway. Oh, I honestly, I felt like I'd been listened to. I felt like she had heard... And gone back and fixed it. <laughs> Just for you. Just for me. It's excellent. This is a much better way, I feel, to approach these without using some stupid faux handwritten font. I'm glad you're happy. This is our second episode on New Moon, so we are going to be talking today from chapter 13 right till the end of the novel. Chloe, give me the plot. Okay, we start with Bella assuming that Jacob is a werewolf. She thinks werewolves kill people. Yes, she, she thinks, thinks that Jacob's they are a murderer. murderers. Yes. It doesn't seem to be that much of a problem. It's in her head. She's like, oh, it's bad, but it's Jacob. I mean, it doesn't last for long, does it? Well, she goes straight to find him. Well, yeah, she's like, even if he's a killer, I need to go talk to him, which is what you do when you find out your best friend is a murderer. I would. Mm. Mm. You wouldn't? We wouldn't have a chat? How many people had you killed? Well, how many does she think Jacob's killed? At least a, a couple. Handful, like five, maybe. Okay, five. Mm. But we had remained friends. <laughs> we had had, this com- we'd had, you know, really good times I doing probably, our motorbikes. <laughs> I probably wouldn't go see you alone. Okay. Who would you bring? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like my dad. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't kill your dad. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So um, they meet on the beach. So they meet, they, yeah. they have a conversation and he isn't a murderer. It's revealed a bit more about the werewolves. They can sort of resume their friendship. Yeah. 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 With limits, because he is like withdrawn and held back. Yeah. He's hard now. He's mm. not the soft, sweet little boy. Then it's revealed why the vampires returned to Forks and what is this ginge up to <laughs> oh because they didn't the, the werewolves knew yeah. that she was hanging out they didn't yeah. know what she was after exactly they were like she keeps trying to get past them and they and were Bella's sure. like it's me it's me surprise surprise it's all about it's me it's all about Bella so Jacob's like we have to go tell Sam mm-hmm. the leader of the pack so they arrive to tell them and fucking Paul oh yeah Paul is such a douche because he sees Bella he sees Bella and he gets angry and with these werewolves, it's all about their temper. And in order to transition into a wolf, a big old wolf, you have to get angry and shake. And... It's very much like the Hulk. Yeah. Like you won't like me when I'm angry. And clothes ripping. You know. Lads, lads, lads. Lads, lads, lads. So Paul and Jacob have a fight. And this is the first time we see Jacob morph into a wolf and, and Bella sees it. Um, and and he... Bella's horrified. Like, her nerves are shredded. And I do feel I for her. I do understand that. why. She has been through a lot. Like, yeah. we are, we're hard on her. We're not fans of Bella. We've no. established this, yeah. I think. She's going through a hell of a lot. Um, and she's really stressed about the wolves fighting. And they're yeah. like, meh. It's fine. Don't worry. So then we arrive at Emily's. And it's kind of where the family, the pack 
hang out in their human form. It's nice. It is nice. It's very sweet. And Emily, bless her, half of her face is scarred Mm. um, from Sam losing his temper too close to her. But it's okay because he tortures himself about it daily. Oh, he's super upset about it. Yeah. And then Jacob and Paul arrive back to Emily's and they're all laughing. It's all good. Everything's fine. Yeah. No big Uh, deal. It's just bros, isn't it? So Bella kind of becomes friends with the wolves and they, you know, say that they're going to protect her and Charlie and they make their rounds and this becomes a routine. And we learn a bit more about the wolves. They can talk to each other through uh, when they are... Oh, God, this, yeah. This must be such a burden. I remember being really fixated on this when I first read it. The whole sharing a mind thing, no secrets. That would be awful, wouldn't it? Jacob is 16. Yeah. As a 16-year-old boy, to not have privacy in your own mind. Yeah, and everybody knows how he feels about Bella. You know, everybody knows how Sam feels about Emily. and Everyone knows everything about everyone. Yeah. So anyway, so this happens, and Bella just can't cope with being by herself. Um, And Jacob is like, oh, sorry. I'm trying to save your life. Yeah, sorry about that. But hey, tomorrow we'll go cliff diving. However, I think there's a sighting of Victoria that that day. There's a a new kind of lead on the trail or something. And it's Jacob and Sam together, and they have to to go. So she's, she's left alone. It's driving her crazy being in this close proximity <laughs> with Billy and being by herself again. That's super awkward, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, because Billy doesn't like her. Yeah. And what's so frustrating about this chapter is you know what she's going to do, and yeah. yet we have at least four pages of the description of the cliffs. Oh yeah. You're like, I don't, I don't need this. Mm. It's very. I hate it. I don't hate it. I know. I think it's one of Stephanie Meyer's real strong points. Actually, is her description of. The landscape, it reads like she captures it beautifully. Mm. And even if it's not accurate, it's still beautiful what she describes. So Mm. she gets into her truck Mm -hmm. and instead of stopping the mid cliff... She drives all the way to the top of the cliff. Well, she says that like she she meant there was to go no turn off. Yeah, whatever. She find the turn off. That it. was your purpose. Your purpose was to go to the top. She jumps off, and uh, she she thinks it's very freeing. She's loving it. She's happy, and then she hits the water. She hasn't thought about the water. And Edward's voice is there, being like, "Please don't give up." Jacob saves her. Bless Jacob. How traumatizing must that be? And. Harry Clearwater has had a heart attack. That is rough that she has just nearly killed herself. Yeah. Jacob has just managed to save her life. Yeah. Can you imagine if she had died same yeah. day as Harry Clearwater? What would Charlie have done? Oof. Yeah, she's so selfish. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so then um, Jacob takes her back to his. They sleep. Then he takes her back home to see Charlie. But then there's a black car outside the house. And Jacob is like, crap, there's a vampire in your house. So I have to turn around. Bella, no, I know that car. Jacob's like, what if it's a fucking trick? What if it's a trap to entice you into the house? There's a true cliffhanger Yeah, one of those. Because it could be a trap. Yeah. And you, you just know there's a vampire in the house. Very good. That yeah. was good. When first reading it, you're like, oh, no. <clears throat> it is Alice. Thank God Alice has returned. I can't believe it takes chapter 17 for her to return. So the reason Alice is there is because she had a vision of Bella jumping off of the cliff and she didn't see her getting out of the water. Yes. So Alice thought she was dead. 
And that is why Alice has returned. And that is the only reason Alice has returned. To try and maybe help Charlie. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. And then realises, obviously, when she sees Bella, she's not dead. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? Um, and then, like you said, they realise that Alice... We, we realise and Alice realises at the same time that she can't see werewolves. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting. Good plot twist. Yeah. And then Jacob returns and is like, I just had to be sure that you were safe. Mm-hmm. Um, bless him he's a good friend even though they've had an argument and there is a treaty involved and Jacob and Bella nearly kiss in the kitchen when the phone rings when the phone rings so it's Dr Cullen on the phone it's Dr Cullen on the phone so Jacob thinks yeah and he says he wants Charlie where is Charlie he's at a funeral at the funeral the funeral and he hangs up and Bella is furious who was that let me talk to them and he's like he hung up Alice comes in She's had a vision. Edward is going to kill himself because he thinks Bella is dead. Like he said he was going to do in the first half, he's going to go to the Volturi and get them to execute him. Alice and Bella fly to Italy to save Edward. We go international. We do go international. I like it. So they go to Italy. They go Mm -hmm. to Florence. Alice steals a yellow Porsche. They drive from Florence. They drive from Florence to how are we saying it? Volterra? Volterra? Yeah. It's a real place. Is it? Yeah. It's in the Tuscany region. Very nice. Very beautiful. It's a shame that they're going <laughs> for these circumstances. I know. And there's this amazing festival going on where the people of the town celebrate the St Marcus Day. Yeah, the riddance of evil of vampires. Because the the town of Volterra is like a walled town and they're a very safe town. Yeah. They have very little crime and and no death. And it's all, and all thanks to the police. Yes, the police yeah. get all the credit, so it's like a big thank you for the police. Yeah. But actually we know that the Volturi, the Underground, which is kinda cool. Yeah, yeah. they kind of are actually running the whole city. They are and ensuring that this town is, is super safe. Yeah. I really like it, that setup where you are living literally in the den of the monsters, yeah. but because they won't shit where they eat. Yeah. <laughs> they basically <laughs> They're actually safe, the safest place they yeah. could be. If they had probably There's the most some... dangerous place to live would be right outside that city yeah. because they will they bring the food in. Yeah, and there's something so menacing about that, mm. and that's that's really good. So Alice is like, you have to run. So she's running. She has to go to the clock tower directly mm-hmm. under the clock tower is where Edward will expose himself when the sun is directly above. <laughs> it's the only time you should expose yourself if you're gonna do it. If you're gonna let's do, do it. it right noon. She sees him, she thinks it's too late, she runs through the fountain and leaps on him. And he thinks he's dead. <laughs> yeah. He thinks this is heaven. And Carlisle was right. Yeah. Um, and Bella hears this, but still doesn't fix her self-esteem. And then Felix... And Dimitri. And Dimitri, that's it, arrive in the shadows. And mm-hmm. they're like, you have to come back to the Volturi. So then they're going underground. Mm-hmm. There is a human receptionist... Yeah. So good. Th- this last bit of New Moon is so good. Uh, the Yeah, this development of this kind of vampire yeah. bureaucracy yeah. in with this these is, ancient like, She should have creatures. kept going with this. Yeah. This is interesting. The politics of their world yeah. mixed with ours. Really fascinating. And Bella's like, what the fuck is going on? She is terrified. She is on her last tether. I feel so sorry for yeah, Bella. Like this is Bella this is, wrung out. Yeah, and fair enough. She's yeah. surrounded by vampires. She is outnumbered. She's mm-hmm. not strong enough. She thinks she's going to die, yeah. rightly so. And that's kind of the attitude Edward is giving off as well, that they're walking they're to their die. doom. Yeah. yeah. Then they go into this big room mm-hmm. and Aro is there. He is the leader 
of the Vultry, I think. Well, I think the three of them are kind of... They are, but he seems to be the spokesperson, He's at least. certainly the most, yeah, the most charismatic. He's yeah. the, the people person. There's a lot of talking going on. Yeah. He wants Edward and Alice to join the Vulture because the talents would be wasted and he, you know, he's trying to entice them to get in. Ignoring kind of that there is a human there. Yeah. Then it's like, oh yeah, Bella. He has the gift of seeing every thought that someone has ever had by touching them. Yes. So by touching Edward, he's learned about Bella, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And that he can't read her thoughts. So he wonders. Yeah, he thinks that she has potential. And we find out that that's true. Yeah. Neither Aro or Jane can use their powers on Bella. So, so then, so then it, Edward is like, look, are you going to kill us or are you going to let us go? Yeah. And uh, everybody but Aro wants to kill them, basically. And Aro is like, well, if you promise to change Bella, then we'll let you go, but you have to mean it. And obviously he's going to know. Yeah. And Edward is like, okay. And she's like, please mean it, please mean it, please mean it. But then Alice, Alice steps in and is like, I've seen it. And so uh, gives her hand to Aro and he sees it from Alice's vision and lets them go. Anyway, they finally get to go home. They get back to America. And uh, it takes a lot to convince Bella that Edward wants to be with her. I can't. It's, it's just, let's just, I'm that's gonna, all we're going to say yeah. for now. Um, they are back together. Yeah. Jacob is not happy. Jacob no. is like, I cannot be your friend. This is ridiculous. Charlie is fuming, rightfully so. Yeah. And uh, and she's grounded. <laughs> and she is officially going to be made a vampire. So they've had the vote. They've had the vote. It's only Edward and Rosalie who are against her turning into a vampire. Everybody else is like, yeah. But it's been decided it's going to happen. And Carlisle is going to be the one to do it. But when they go back to Bella's house, Edward says... Sneaky. Yeah, what's one thing you want more than anything? She'd want Edward to turn her. And so he says, well, I'd be willing to do that if you were to marry me first. Mm-hmm. But she never really gives an answer. And he's like, oh, would this have gone better if I got you a ring? And she's like, no rings! And it wakes Charlie up. So they have to end the conversation. And then the final scene of the novel... Is a reminder of the treaty. The rule is no vampires can bite any humans. So by changing Bella... They will be breaking the treaty. With the wolves, with the Quillette people. So now they're stuck, and that's what leads us into Eclipse, I guess. You've yeah. got the Volturi on one hand, she must be changed. The wolf pack on the other. She cannot be changed. But then, if they were to leave Forks, bite her, and then come back... Well, you've probably just ruined all of Eclipse now. (laughs) What subjects would you like to talk about? So, last episode, I talked about masculinity and the way it was kind of presented to us, the way the men behaved. I want to kind of continue in that vein. I just want to talk a bit about the attitude of boys will be boys. Yeah. I just want to mention the constant nudity of the wolf pack. I suppose partly because they're constantly turning into giant wolves and then back again. And when they turn into wolves, the clothes don't morph with them, which I appreciate because yeah. that irritates me when that happens. I like the comment about Billy having to buy Jacob new shoes. Exactly, and how he can't afford to keep replacing yeah. them. So they spend a lot of time topless, and that seems just pretty normal, which it just bothers me. And I'm not opposed to a naked man. <laughs> 
something about it just seems obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, it does. I like, I, and I'm not being prudish. Nudity, fine. I just feel that if there were a female member of the wolf pack, issue would maybe be made of her body being on show. Yeah. It's interesting that they can find shorts. But they can't Not just a put a t-shirt on. Yeah. yeah. From a body positivity point of view, great. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you've got Free it, the flaunt it. We love some wolf nipples. I love a good wolf nipple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jacob so has much. this moment. Yeah. yeah. Bella asks him, because he's, he's really hot, yeah. so they run hot. Yeah. To be honest, it's quite heavy-handed, this wolf hot vampire cold. Yeah. They're mortal enemies. Yeah. Jacob says, we run a little warmer than normal people. I never get cold. I could stand like this, and he gestures to his bare torso, in a snowstorm, and it wouldn't bother me. And I just thought, okay, it wouldn't bother you, but I just think, wouldn't it be polite to just (laughs) put a shirt on? Yeah. Just a plain white tee. Yeah. That's all we ask. Please. All these challenges and bets and the violence, just the normality of yeah. like, eh, I hope that Jacob takes a chunk out of Paul. He deserves it. And I'll yeah. I'll bet you this much. Constantly, Jacob throws something in the kitchen, throws a can opener at someone's head. Yeah. Like when I read that, I was like, whoa, like that's, <laughs> you just threw a can <laughs> You know what I mean? You can that's... have concussion. Like... Yeah, I mean, I know, fine. They, they're superhuman. They'll heal. And they'll... they heal quickly, yeah. but they still feel pain. And what if that had hit Emily? <laughs> On the other side what of the face. bad luck that woman has. You just don't behave that way in someone's kitchen. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Do not come into my house and start throwing my utensils at each other. It's constant, like, jibes and banter yeah. with them all. I don't know, maybe I'm just taking this to heart too much. Aww. I feel like I've read this and I've been like, men. Well, yeah, but there's just there's so much hostility because they're so angry all the time and they've got such short tempers and, yeah. you know, and, and and because of this, that means that testosterone is flying about the place. But there is a level of truth to the idea of, like, you get a group of teenage boys together, of course there's, that stuff's going to be going Tensions are going to be running high yeah. and dick measuring's going to... Oh, everyone's going to get the rulers out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't think it's a particularly nice... No. Representation of what a group it is of men toxic could be. masculinity. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think so to an extent. As much as there is also the beautiful family element yeah. to it, but it's not just the wolf pack. Okay. Towards the end of the book, we've got the vote. Yeah. Where they're all sat around the table at the Cullens. They're talking about not Choice. changing Bella. Yeah. What if we didn't? And Edward is kind of up for, well, it could take them forever to come visit us. It could take like 30 years. And even if they come, there's plenty of us. And Emmett's like, oh, yeah, we can take them. Let's fight the Volturi. Emmett! And Jasper is like, nice. And I'm like, wow, okay, so that's every man but Carlisle. And it just is this whole thing like fighting is cool and fun. (laughs) Like boys do this. And all the women just being like, no, you're stupid. Yeah. And it's unnecessary. I just think it's a really boring gender stereotype. Mm. Surely there would be one guy. I thought Jasper, at least, would yeah, be like... Yeah, at least. Actually, guys, maybe we could just let this young woman choose what she does with her own life. Yeah. And not weigh in on it in order to enjoy violence. I also want to talk about Edward's shitty apology to Esme. Edward has put Esme through exactly what Bella has put Charlie through, except potentially even worse, because Charlie didn't know the exact danger that Bella was in. Yeah, and we'll never know. No. Esme... Did. ...knows that her son was going to kill himself. And when they arrive at the airport... I'm going to find it. I thought it was fucking disgusting. 
Esme throws her arms around Edward when they get off the plane at the airport, and it's written, she looked like she would be crying if that were possible. Interesting side note, vampires can't cry. They can't cry. Very interesting. And she says, you will never put me through that again. And Edward grinned, repentant. Sorry, Mum. <gasps> what the fuck? That's not enough. That's not enough. And when wow. you think about what Bella goes through with Charlie, and it's just like, oh, sorry. Flew off the handle again. Got a bit emotional, didn't I? What am I like? Also, if we think back to Twilight, knowing Esme's story, her child died. That is why she no longer wanted to live. Mm -hmm. She's reborn again. She has her own family. And then her child wants to kill themselves. Yeah. Think about that. how that will affect her. Like, yeah, Edward's responsible for his own choices. Yeah, but just but... the fact that that's all we get. Yeah. He grins. Repentant, fine, but he grins and says, sorry, mom," And that's it. I don't think that's good enough. It's definitely not good enough. A running theme that I actually think is a bit of a problem, and it's a key theme. It's not just in Twilight, in a lot of vampire and werewolf stories. Yeah. Is this idea that men have something monstrous inside of them, which they can't control, and so should not be held accountable for. Ooh. This idea of men can't help it. Yeah. We see it with the way Jacob describes Sam's incident with Emily. Yeah. He says Sam lost control of his temper for just one second and she was standing too close. Yeah. And now there's nothing he can ever do to put it right. I hear his thoughts. I know what that feels like. And I've just written, oh, poor him. Yeah. Imagine having to deal with that, having to deal with what he did to her. So true. I, I never even thought of that. And I get, like, <laughs> I'm not actually blaming the character of Sam because I know that the way it's been written, the character of Sam, he really can't control that. Yeah. And it was a horrible accident. But why that choice? Yeah. Why that choice to have written that that way? And I, I get it's to kind of create the idea that wolves can be just as dangerous as vampires. and But it's just this constant thing. It's the same thing that happened in the first half of this book with Jasper. He can't be held responsible for it because <laughs> he lost control. And he's ashamed that he is weak. Exactly. Like he said in the last episode. His weakness yeah. is the problem. Yeah. Both Jacob and Edward make reference to Bella about killing each other. And Jacob actually makes reference to the possibility of him killing Alice. He says, you probably wouldn't like it if I killed your friend. Yeah. And obviously Bella is horrified by that. Yeah. And it's just, well, that's the way it is. Yeah. That's just natural. Yeah, it's just the way oh, of the world, baby. If I'm if I find myself in a room with her, I might kill her and sorry. Souls baby. Like again, how about not yeah. killing my friend? How about thinking this through? It's this attitude. At the very end of the book, Edward says to Bella, We are what we are in <sighs> reference to him and Jacob. And that's just the way things are. That's such a typical response when you don't want to be held accountable for your actions. Exactly. I exactly. am just who I am. And it's just a, that I found really unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you've just think got it's, to accept that. Mm -hmm. And it's these male. It's it's, yeah. it's a choice that it's these male characters yeah. saying that to a female character. Yeah. We are what we are. If we lose control. You know what? It might just happen. Yeah. And that's just it. Soz. And men can't be held accountable. Men have this thing inside them. They're monstrous. Yeah. And so that left a bad taste in my mouth. Okay, so, okay, a big one. 
So I was reading through, this was just the other day, and I've been coming up with what am I going to talk about for this half of this book? Yeah. There's quite a few little things I was going to talk about. And then chapter 23, this chapter, this chapter fucking sucks. <laughs> it's, I hate it. I think chapter 23 ruins this book. You think it ruins the whole book? I think it ruins the whole book. I'm going to do my final, final verdict. verdict. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. But it is the worst chapter of these two books so far. I would like to rip this chapter from my copy of the book and I just won't read it again. I'll just skip straight from... Wow. Go through it with me. So we start off with Bella referring to Edward as the angel again when James had attacked her and the venom was starting to spread. And then the angel appears and there's like a whole chapter where Edward is just referred to as the angel. I hated it then and I'm horrified to see it return. (laughs) It's very unwelcome. He's horrified, ladies and gentlemen. Horrified. Maybe I should have explained what's at, where we are in chapter 23, yeah. but we've come back from Italy. We're on the plane, aren't we? No, Bella's kept herself awake the whole plane ride home. Fucking hell. They're in her room. They're in her room, yeah. and she's just woken up. She thinks up. it's a dream. She's slept for yeah. hours and hours and hours. fucking bullshit. Sorry, I <laughs> yeah. just, I'm sorry. Do you remember that? So first she thinks she's had a psychotic break, because she can see Edward there. Then she thinks that she's actually died jumping from the cliff, and so she's in heaven. It's embarrassing to read, frankly. When Edward tells Bella that she's not dead, she challenges him with, then why am I not waking up? And he says, I can see why you might confuse me with a nightmare. I'm just really bored of these two not believing how much the other loves them. Yeah. And it's what really grinds my gears about the Romeo and Juliet comparison. The reason that Romeo and Juliet die is the mistake. Yes. He thinks she's dead. He can't live without her, so he kills himself. She sees that he has done that and then kills herself because she can't live without him. Yeah. Neither one of them does not think that the other loves them back. Yeah. They are very... If there is one thing those two kids are sure of, it's their love for each other. Yeah. The opposite is true of Bella and Edward. It's <laughs> yeah. just a really shitty comparison. <laughs> because the reason they're in this whole problem is like, she doesn't love me as much as I love her. He doesn't love me as much as I love him. Grow up. It's... it's <laughs> I love how awful. angry you're getting. This chapter infuriated me. So this is all bullshit about like, oh, I can see why you might confuse me with a nightmare. No, you know that she loves you. You know that she's been infatuated with you since the beginning. Yeah. To be fair, he has put her through some shit. Yes. Just now. That's true. So So maybe he thinks that she now thinks of him like that. Yeah. Okay. I don't agree with what I just said, but I'm just being devil's advocate. That's a good point. Fair (laughs) enough. (laughs) Edward is lying in bed with Bella, despite Charlie banning him from the house. And when Edward tells Bella this, she has the audacity to be angry with Charlie. Charlie has been through so much in the last three days. Not to mention what he had to endure last year and in the last eight months. At the same time. Same time last year. Yeah, same time last year. And then the last eight months of Bella's depression. Yeah. Give Charlie a break. Yeah. Like, just have some respect. This is like, obey his rules for one night. I know it's inconvenient because they've got a lot to go through. They've got a lot of issues to deal with. They've got a lot to chat about. But he has, her father has banned Edward from the house and he's just come back in through the window. Yeah. What really bothers me is how angry Bella gets with Charlie. Like, he can't do that. I'm going to move out. He, you know, how dare he? He can't ban you from the house. Like, what did you think he was going to do? Charlie's just had to watch you tear yourself to pieces for eight months yeah. over this boy. He's being a good father. Have some respect. Edward shames Bella for believing him when he said he didn't want to be with her. 
Just I, let that sink in. He was really hurt because she believed him when he lied to her. That's disgusting. That is so despicable. He do- what else is she going to do if it that is what you are even saying? Make sense because he says that he could see that Bella wasn't going to let him go. But then he's hurt because of how easy it was for him to shake her off by breaking her heart. They've spent their entire relationship with him saying one thing and meaning another yeah. or not actually wanting her to believe him or trying to gaslight her. or It's all been secrets and lies. Yeah. And so then to bring that up and to be like talking about how hurt he was. She panders to it though. She's oh, yeah. like, I, I, because you're too good for me. And it's just after this that Bella starts to cry because she still believes that she's dreaming. Because her self-esteem is so low that she cannot comprehend that he is telling her that he wants her. And his constant emotional abuse has done this to her. Yeah. It's horrible to read. Then he kisses her, even though she pretty much tells him not to. I mean, she does enjoy it. Like, they make out for a bit, and then she's like, oh, I'm so dizzy. <laughs> I hate I hate them both. I've written, like, all down the margins of this book. Like, I hate them both. I liked this book so much more when he was gone. <laughs> oh. Oh my god. When they finish making out, he casually says, by the way, I'm not leaving you. That's a direct quote. He goes, by the way, I'm not leaving you. (laughs) Thanks. Edward tells Bella that before he thought she had killed herself, he was already planning to return to Forks and ask her to take him back. Prick. You're too fucking late, weren't you? (laughs) She'd already jumped from the cliff. And so he's put her through that. Flames (laughs) on the the side side of my face. face. Oh my god. It's... Oh, when Edward explains how miserable he's been without her, Bella's like, but this was my life without him, he was describing, not the other way around. I can't. I feel sick. (laughs) Bella literally says on page 455 that she would rather see Jacob put in danger by facing Victoria than Edward, (gasps) even though she believes Edward has a better chance at survival. Now, yeah, Jacob's been a dick at times, but he's 16 years old. He has done his best to support her while dealing with his own shit, and this is how she thinks of him. Compared to the guy who left her for no good reason. Yeah. Literally, Edward leaving her achieved nothing. Yeah. If anything, it put her in more danger with Victoria. Yeah. And it meant the whole trip to Italy. He caused all of that. Yeah. And she's like, oh, the thought of Edward facing Victoria is even worse than Jacob. She's the shittest friend. This is where she doesn't have any, because she doesn't care about anybody but herself. And then we just end this chapter with, like, a few pages of Bella freaking out, because she thinks that 30 is really old. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) Which is obviously just great. And then Edward's still reluctant to turn Bella into a vampire. And then we go from that chapter into the the vote. vote. But honestly, I could have just gone from flight to vote and remained quite happy. (laughs) This chapter (laughs) is a return to the constant mushiness of their, like, I love you, I love you, we love each other, but I don't believe you love me. I hate it. It's disgusting. Yeah. I hate their relationship. I hate the way they treat each other. I particularly hate the way that he treats her. Also hate the way that they treat people together. Yeah, I don't know if you love me and I don't know if you love me, but no one understands what we feel. Oh, yeah, we. Like... Yeah, we're special. Oh, no, but it's that us. No. Isn't it? <laughs> Wait, okay, we don't cause as many Look. problems, but we have spent our whole lives in a very special relationship that we don't believe anyone else has ever understood or experienced. But no one has. That makes us no better than they are. So what should we do about it? Oh, I don't know, we can't help that we're special. <laughs> I just have one more thing, because I know I've just ranted for quite a while. No, I loved it. I just want to do a little segment on Vulturi fashion. 
because it really grabbed my eye. If you will. I will. Did you like the smoky grey? I loved the smoky yeah. grey. For Dimitri and Felix, uh-huh. they have smoky grey. And they're like the guards. They're the ones the who first go, yeah, yeah, to kind of escort Bella and Edward from the courtyard yeah. into the sewers and into the underground. But when Jane comes up, she's wearing a darker cloak, yes. almost black, but not black. So it's setting up this kind of uniform. Yes, which is kind of cool. The higher the status. The darker. The cloak, yeah. exactly. Because then, later on, when we meet Aro, Marcus and Caius, they're wearing the same floor-length cloaks in pitch black. Yeah. So they clearly have the highest status. Yeah. I think that's really cool. They're floor length, they're hooded. Yeah. They're like hooded enough that they can not walk into the sunlight, but they're not catching too much yeah. attention. And it's classic, it's creepy. Yeah. They, you know, I imagine walking around like Grim Reapers. Yeah, it's kind of old timey. Exactly. But I love that beneath the cloaks, they wear modern, pale, and nondescript clothing. Actually quite similar to the Cullens. Interesting that vampires actually wear pale clothing in yeah. these books quite a lot. I guess it's to not stand out. Maybe. their faces stand out for them. Maybe because their skin is so pale. Yeah, that to dial wearing... it down. Yeah, <laughs> to not create such a clash. Neutral colours. But I love that. I love this kind of... Because when we go into the underground, we enter kind of an, an office space. Yeah. And I love the idea of them just being in this modern clothing. I imagine it quite... I know I'm I'm kind of reading quite a lot into it, but I imagine yeah. it is fairly stylish. Yeah, they're well, Italian. They're in Italy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and because they are so gorgeous, obviously, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna look great. Alec, who is Jane's twin brother, yes, uh, he wears a pearl grey suit. Oh, yeah. I read that. I was like, oh, and I can just imagine he looks sharp. Yeah, compared to the fashion in Twilight, yeah. in the first book. Oh my god, purple shirt. <laughs> Edward's tan leather jacket. <laughs> the Volturi are the style icons. The cherry on top ah, of the Volturi cake yeah. is Heidi. So Heidi, we learn, is specifically dressed to gather humans yeah. for the Volturi family to feed on. Eat. She's described as incredibly gorgeous. But here's what she wears. Dark tights with the shortest of miniskirts. How short is the shortest? Longer than a belt but shorter than a miniskirt. And an extremely close-fitting, long-sleeved and high-necked top constructed of red vinyl. Red vinyl? Red vinyl. What does that mean? I'm picturing, like, oops, I did it again. (gasps) Shiny, like plastic. Like patent leather. Yeah, like pleather. I don't know what colour... I don't know why this matters, but it matters to me. What colour do you think a miniskirt is? Black? Right, so like dark, and it doesn't mean, I wish it mentioned shoes. I would assume like black high... Like black stilettos? No, black like leather boots, like thigh high leather boots. Or red? Ew. For the red top? No. What colour red is this though? Are we talking like, like oops I did it again? Yeah, like poster red, or are we talking like burgundy, maroon? Well, because maroon would be fine. Well, it wouldn't be fine. Well, it wouldn't be fine because it's shiny. Vinyl. And like, why would you trust a woman like that? I but mean, seriously, you wouldn't. Everyone you would else, she's a reliable tour guide. If everyone else is walking around this office in pearl grey suits looking really suave, and she's like, <laughs> like arms sticking to well, her sides. they don't sweat, do they? Do they not? They don't cry. Well, they didn't cry. They don't cry, so... they don't poop. That's what we know so far. <laughs> but yeah, I assume not. 
But still, that's gonna stick, like, when you've got long-sleeved vinyl. Slightly niche reference. Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, when yeah. Velma gets her makeover. <gasps> like that, the constant squeaking. Yeah. It's fascinating. I And I kind of I think I might love it. I want to believe it's fabulous. You would. You kind of briefly discussed it in yours. I want to discuss the Romeo and Juliet uh, comparisons. Yeah. At the beginning of the book, an extract is used. The epigraph is Romeo and Juliet. So throughout the book, they study it in English. Edward brings up the fact that, you know, he was going to go to the Volturi when he thought Bella was dying, when James had bitten her. Just like Romeo sacrificing himself. It's not the same. And not that I think that Romeo and Juliet are better, but it's not the same thing. Their families were fighting. It was a totally different situation. Yeah, totally different time. It actually really bothered me at the beginning. I actually almost found myself getting defensive of Romeo and Juliet, which isn't like me. No, really not like you. Edward is criticising Romeo and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it's just so basic. And he, and what I really don't like is how Bella's like, yeah, Juliet is really beautiful. Like, because he, he says, I envy Romeo. I mean, does she just mean the actress? Yeah, they're watching film? the film. Right. Uh, and he's like, no, I envy that he has a choice. What? That he can kill himself because vampires can't. Oh, God, right. He envies his ability to commit suicide. Yeah. Like, that is desirable. Dark. Yeah. There's a lot of suicide attempts in in this book. Suicide attempts? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not sure uh, Bella's jumping off the cliff was recreational. Oh, really? She's happy in the water to let go. Yes. I don't think that she... Intends ...ever has the intention to die, but she certainly doesn't care much about her life. Yeah. It's just really sad that she's been driven to that yeah and that she's in that place because of i feel because of the way that yeah he's treated her because of this breakup yeah Yeah. the breakup but also the way the relationship was yes because it's completely toxic so there's that comparison and then poor jacob is compared to paris (gasps) there's the whole chapter Chapter. called paris yeah Um, not the place (laughs) (laughs) no you know i get confused every time like i remember seeing it and i was like paris they they don't don't go go to paris Do they talk about Paris? No, it's the character. Yeah, in Romeo and Juliet, who is... I don't know if he's in love with Juliet, but he is... His he's duty is to marry her. To her. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of Romeo and Juliet. We studied it a lot in school. Yeah. I've done it, like, once or twice since. But from what I remember, Paris doesn't get a lot of character development. No, he doesn't. It's and Paul he, Rudd, isn't it? It in is, the, in yeah. the Basilem. And, and he's dressed adorable. as a spaceman. Yeah. But in the script, Paris dies outside the tomb. Oh, God, yeah. So Jacob's like... Bless him. And he's compared to Paris. And there's this whole segment, and I hate it, in the Paris chapter where Bella is like, what if Juliet and Paris had been friends? And what if Romeo had gone back to Rosaline uh, because she, she changed her mind? And Romeo being fickle and then her being left, would she... Would she have settled with Paris? No, I don't think she would have. But 
what if they she just allowed their friendship to grow and to blossom and it would never replace what she had with Romeo because nothing ever could mm. and all this and it's it's clearly obviously just a way for her to question her own motives with Jacob she is almost justifying. She's trying to justify. Yeah, with Juliet. It almost makes me think of, and I don't know if this is a relevant comparison, but you know, there's a bit of a kind of a recurring character, the women that gay men married. Oh. If you think about a year or two ago, there was the man in the orange shirt on the BBC where Vanessa Redgrave played a woman whose husband had fallen in love with a man during the war. There's Michelle Williams' character in oh, Brokeback Mountain. Mountain. And in this instance, I feel like Bella's the gay man. Yeah. And Jacob is the woman who's in love with him. Yeah. Because she's kind of trying to justify, oh, well, what I really want and what would really fulfil me can't possibly be, is it so wrong for me to have a nice life with someone who I like just fine or care about deeply, but not in that way? And it reminds me of that kind of arrangement that often existed before... It was possible for people to live happily and openly in same-sex relationships. That chapter, it's not fair. That's when I sympathised with Jacob because no one should settle. No. It's not fair on anybody. And as much as... doing an injustice. He would be happy at first. And she knows that he would be happy with that Mm. and that's another reason why she is swaying towards doing that. But also I think what we forget... So Bella's now 18. Yeah. She's an adult. Frankly, she should know better. Yeah. She's still behaving like a 13-year-old, I feel. Yeah. Jacob is 16. It's not young, young, but 16. Yeah. Like... Bella's thinking, like, could I live my life married to Jacob and wouldn't I be fine and wouldn't he be fine in a loveless... Not loveless, but in a marriage where my whole heart wasn't in it, but we were happy enough. Like, he's 16 years old. Don't subject him to that. That's not fair. Yeah. But she knows she's selfish because she knows she doesn't want Jacob to have anybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's when she says, I wish we, you know, he had been a brother so that he... I had claim over him... Yeah. But we, you know, there wasn't this sexual this Yeah, the problem of Jacob's sexual attraction to her. Oh, it's such a problem. Don't you remember that? Constantly fighting off men. It's just so hard. Like, (laughs) why can't you just be my brother? (laughs) And then, of course, when uh, Edward and Bella are reunited and it's... She has a dream at one point. I don't remember exactly where it is, but she dreams of the girl on the balcony. Yeah. It's Juliet. She wakes up and and kind of starts this conversation, I think, of her being Juliet and thinking about Paris. Yeah. But yeah. And then obviously her and Edward being star-crossed lovers and yeah. I mean, on the one hand, the Romeo and Juliet theme, I would say it's a more successful theme than the Genesis verse that we had for twilight i guess it's more frequent in the book it makes a lot we of... can see it and yeah. again we still don't know maybe that was just us being poor readers um yeah. unable to find more biblical references through twilight and and the kind of point to it whereas this i i see the point that's trying to be made yeah the point is is that there's this parallel that maya thinks there is between Bella and Edward's situation and Romeo and Juliet's situation. Yeah. When really, when you break it down, the only parallel is we might kill ourselves. Yeah. Because even the Jacob Paris thing is tenuous at best. Yeah. Bella has to really work to make Jacob fit that character. I know, it's ridiculous. So really, the, the similarities end there. 
yeah. two people in love who might kill themselves, but with Bella and Edward, it's purely out of their own stupidity. Yeah. They've done this to themselves. And Romeo and Juliet, the tragedy of it, the whole point, is that they've not done this to themselves. Yeah. The world has done this. The world has led them to yeah. that. And everyone else must now learn from it. The only people who stand to learn anything from this are Bella and Edward. And, and they aren't going to learn. Because they're stupid. stupid. Learning question time. Yes! Hit me. Okay, Chloe. Yes. Bella says, in the first chapter, Though I respected the need for maintaining a safe distance between my skin and his razor-sharp venom-coated teeth, I tended to forget about trivial things like that when he was kissing me. Yes, I had a thought about this. Is this about saliva? Yeah. Yeah. Vampire venom. Yeah. Can it be ingested? Can you eat it? Mm. Just thinking about, does Edward have a choice? <laughs> oh, as in, can he choose? Yeah, can he choose to when it's venomous? The venom. Yeah. Does he wear like you know like, shields? Yeah, like like a rugby player yeah. or like those invisible guard. braces. I think he chooses when his saliva is venomous or not. Right. So actually, this that quote yeah. is just Bella's misunderstanding. She's an idiot. She thinks that his teeth are venom coated, but they're not. I don't think so. I think it's more for like going in for the kill, isn't it? Right, so when he's doing that... Yeah. When he's, like... When he's, like, snaring and, yeah. like, the adrenaline's going through and... But while they're making out... Yeah, I don't think... It's like a kitten with the claws retracted. Yeah. It's time for your final verdict. Ooh. Ooh. Are you a fan of this book today? Apart from chapter 23. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like you said you last did time. You say that chapter 23 ruined the whole series so mm, far. Okay. Maybe I was being a little dramatic. <laughs> it's the worst chapter in the whole series. If I can just skip that chapter or potentially rip it from my copy, I'm going to say I'm, I am a fan of this book. Edward is absent for most of it, and it's all the better for it. But yes, I... I Particularly compared to Twilight. We were both quite negative yeah. about Twilight. We've both kind of turned it around, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Just for the, yeah. A little bit, parts. I, I really did enjoy a lot of this book, actually. Yeah. Would you have encouraged your teenage self to read it? I think encouraged is a strong word. <laughs> See, I was exactly the same. But yes. Oh. I'd be okay with it. It's not amazing, but there's no. some cool mythology. If I were talking to my teenage self, I'd be like, sure, go ahead, just ignore all the toxic masculinity. Yeah. And then I would explain what toxic to masculinity yeah. <laughs> was. What has this book taught you? Men are trash. Men are trash. That's it. I'm glad we agree. I, I don't know. I think it's taught me Jessica is the smartest person in... Justice for Jess. The Twilight Saga. Yeah. There is just that one line where she says, Bella Swan, you are so odd. Yeah. And I was like, word. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the second part of our discussion of the novel New Moon. We'll be back in a fortnight to get stuck into the third book in the series, Eclipse. But in the meantime, you can catch up with us on social media at ForksCast. And you can rate, review and subscribe to What the Forks wherever you listen. Until next time, look after yourselves. And remember... 
Everyone looks great in a smoky grey cloak. 